Okay, it's a hot Wednesday on Hilton Head, so that means it is time for a new Christians and Mental Health from Providence Church, and we have a pretty hot topic today, which is how to choose a mate um, or some ideas or rules for looking for kind of a serious dating person or a potential mate in the future. I am Rachel Ward, and this is... Uh, her son, Will, giving the millennial perspective, which we could honestly fill a whole season's worth of this podcast with my online dating Christian horror stories, but we aren't going to do that. And we could say from the few I've heard, they were unusual. A couple of them were unusual. Yes. And, and we'll definitely get to that when we get to that. <laughs> I think that, yeah, so... I just want to give this idea. So, you know, we do this with Will and I a little bit, just to have some different perspectives. So I'm kind of a generation Xer. I'm 54 years old and um, I've done clinical psychology for about 24 years. And I think what's really interesting, um, I told my husband or Will or something the other day, I saw a meme that said (laughs) to everyone older than a millennial, do you feel like with dating that you were on that last helicopter out of Saigon? And I started laughing because, boy, in my office, I have seen a huge change in dating. And I'm going to say it's about the last six or seven years. Um, So when people first started online dating, it was things like um, eHarmony and Match.com. And you had to pay a fairly significant amount of money, like 500 bucks to be part of these dating services and you had to fill out a psychological questionnaire. And I actually, you know, 12 years ago, 10 years ago, and they tended to be older adults. It didn't tend to be like teenagers and early 20 somethings. You know, I saw some people who really, you know, got a mate that they married. They spent their, you know, the last 10 or 15 years of their life with them. They tended to be older people. And I think that that kind of worked okay. But then we had the explosion of free online dating services. So plenty of fish, Tinder, um, endless, right? Girl meets boy, donut and coffee. You know what I mean? All these different Farmers only. Farmers only, right? And so um, what what was that one we just saw in New York for Muslims? It was like mush or something, mush? Yeah, it was some really weird word, but I wonder if it sounds similar like a Muslim. Yeah. So it was really interesting. Okay. So once this exploded and smart technology exploded, something happened to dating. Um, So in 1994, they did quite a large survey of high school seniors and they asked these high school seniors, um, would you say that any time in high school you've had a romantic encounter? So that could be anything from, you know, sexual activity all the way down to going out to coffee together. So in 1994, about 86% of high school seniors said, yes, I've had some kind of romantic encounter. So they did the same survey in 2014. And in 2014, they asked the same question. And only about 56% of high school seniors said they'd had some kind of romantic encounter. So something is changing and evolving. And what I see is that dating right now, when you are in your 20s, especially, but late teens and 20s, is incredibly difficult. And I tell people in my office, if you're going to do online dating at this point, for every actual date you go out on, 
you're going to get ghosted 10 times. Does that sound about right, Well, I would say that's about accurate. It sort of depends on your definition of ghosting. Because I don't consider like two messages back and forth and you never hear from them again ghosting. I know some right. people do. But. I would just say this, that in general, like that is one thing. But I think there's people who text each other for three weeks every day, maybe even have FaceTime calls, who then all of a sudden one person just leaves. Yes, you know? absolutely. And so you have to be pretty rugged if you're going to online date, right? Because there's going to be no reason that you know of. I see lots of people doing that, you know, going out on, med, you know, texting, 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 going out on one date, and then one person never calls the other person again. Pretty yes. common. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So that's just something that anybody over the age of 40 never really had to deal with. Um, so there is just some things. And so we have like these two extremes. We have this really difficult time finding like a ongoing committed relationship. And then we have a whole pool of young people, not everyone, but who feel like having sex on the first or second date is fine and it won't change your relationship outcome. Does that also sound true, Will? I would totally agree with this. Yes. And so like you have these two things going on of like, we can't really find a permanent relationship or a long-term relationship, but we're putting sex into the mix super early. So I have many young people who come into my office who are getting, especially women, who are go over 25, going into their 30s, and they just want to find, you know, a good person. So here is the advice I give them. I say pick two to three non-negotiables. Only three, it can't be more than that. So this is three things that a potential mate must have for you to date them. If the person you meet, even if they look like Brad Pitt or somebody younger, does not have these three things, you don't date them. And if they come in a package that you weren't expecting, but they have these three non-negotiables, you'll at least go out with them once. So Here's why I picked two to three non-negotiables. Because what the three most things you want in a potential mate are will dictate the rest of your life. So let's say you pick um, hardworking, honest, and funny, right? So if you find a potential mate that's hardworking, honest, and funny, um, they might not be sexy, they might not be rich, you know, but you've said, I want hardworking, honest, and funny. So, Will, what do you, when I ask especially young women, so if you had these three, probably 75% of them say to me, oh, I know what the first one is. Do you have any idea what the women say their first choice of the three would be? Well, if they're Christians, I'm assuming a man of God, but I'm assuming yeah. across, it, the, across no, the board, no, no. the answer is probably. Even Christian oh. girls don't say that first. So what do you think young women tend to say? Funny. Boy, wouldn't that be great? No. So, 75% of young women, when we talk about this, say, well, of course I need chemistry. Oh, okay. I was thinking of a physical attribute. Well, that is, right? They're really saying, I want to be attracted physically to this person. Yes. Isn't that interesting? So I'll say to them, okay, 
So you only got three. So chemistry, you know, sex appeal, whatever. You're willing to have that in there. So now you only have two other ones. And they'll say uh, like, just so you know, you froze when you said chemistry. You might want to re-say that sentence and I'll cut around it. Okay. I just said, so, um, so you're willing to say chemistry is one of the three. So you've only got two after chemistry. I say, are you sure that sex appeal and physical attraction are that important to you? Right. And so it's just interesting to, if you really discipline yourself to say, I can only have three attributes, you really start to define yourself and your value system. Yes. Okay. So, Will, what would be one of yours in a future mate? Well, I've already given away the woman of God thing. So, I'm going to give a, I'm going to say something a little more. <laughs> yes. We, you know, a yeah. little less religiously loaded um i would i would honestly say hardworking because oh. to be honest i grew up in a family an extended family of very hardworking women so i think that's just my mindset to a certain extent i like that so you, two of your three would be christian and hardworking yes very good so i will often say after having been married for 30 years i can actually narrow this down to two things and one is a true Christian, like that it invades every part of their life. So how they spend their money, how they spend their time, you know, what they value. Then secondly, someone who can laugh at themselves. Because I feel like if you can laugh at yourself, you're not stuck up, you're not rigid, you are smart enough to be able to see the things in your life that are funny, and you can have a sense of humor, right? Absolutely. Now, I think I'm, I'm kind of doubling down because those two things cover a lot of things. But yeah, even hardworking covers a lot of things, right? It means they're driven. It means things matter to them. It means they have physical endurance. Um, and so I think when you start to look at a potential mate, it's really important to define that with two or three central characteristics. And I actually like that because my metaphor for online dating is it's like going car shopping with an unlimited budget because you can just start checking off whatever you want. It's like, oh, he's a little too into sports, but everything else is fine. Eh. Oh, yeah. Oh, please. I have seen talked to people in my office who are like, yeah, he seems like a nice guy, but in his profile, he used emojis. So they won't even consider him or like, oh, yeah, I like her. But, um, she, you know, she lives half an hour away or whatever it is. You know, the truth is women are pickier than men. There's no two ways about it. Well, that is true. Yeah. But the problem is in our culture, the Wall Street Journal did a survey about five or six years ago, maybe a little bit more. And they went out and they asked all these millennial men in their 30s, why are you getting married so late? And they thought there was, I think there was going to be some real deep answer. But the answer that they got from most of the men is that women will have sex with us without being married. So why should we marry early? Right. And so right. I, I think that what's interesting is if you are a person in our, and this, you know, in our culture who wants to earlier in your life, like 25, 28, have a, lifelong relationship like a marriage you have to go where those people are going to be and you have to know that the package they come in might not be what you're expecting but if you have these three things you've defined 
regardless of the package, you can at least entertain those things. So I say to people, if you're going to the bar and thinking you're going to find someone who's like, you know, faithful and all those things, I mean, a bar might not be the place to look for that kind of person. This right? is true. But say you, a woman says, I want a professional man who's hardworking and honest. Maybe you go to join a law society, you know, or you go to a whatever, a country club, or you go to the library, you know, you look for the places where those people might be. Um, so by defining these things, you help yourself narrow down your search and you clarify who, what your values are to yourself. I would agree. And just use a personal angle. That's why I've see, tried to seek out young professional Bible studies because you know, most likely women of God who are hardworking will find themselves there at some point. I agree with you. Like, so say yes, because say you wanted someone really athletic, right? There's somebody you said, I really want someone who likes or like likes the outdoors. Well, you're going to go somewhere where people like the outdoors. So if you're a Christian and you're saying, yeah, this is really important to me, you're going to go place where other young Christians you see, oh, they're actually willing to spend their time there. Because, you know, the fascinating thing is about like Christian relationships is when we look at marriage and divorce in the United States, the statistics on divorce look the same for people who call themselves Christians and people who call themselves not Christians until you narrow it down to people who go to church together every week. Then you go from almost a 50% divorce rate to a 5% divorce rate. So what you're really saying is you're looking for people who actually behave their values. They live their values. Um, and that that's is what, correct. And that's what this picking and mate by narrowing it down to your top three non-negotiables really becomes. You're saying, here's what I value and I want to find people who behave this way. Um, yeah, it's a really, I think for older people, if you have not been out in the dating world lately, there's not a lot helping young people. So I tell young people who are looking for serious relationships, ask your family members if they know anybody, ask your friends. Um, Will and I famously have an aunt of mine, Aunt Sharon, who set up, was a matchmaker. I mean, she wasn't a professional matchmaker, but she set up probably what? 10 couples, um, something you know, like that, you know, and help put them together. My one sister introduced her, my other sister to her husband, um, you know, cause they were mutual friends. And so, especially once you get out of high school and college where you have big groups of like aged people, um, especially for young Christians, we really need to support them and help them find serious mates and encourage that in community because it's a jungle out there, right, Will? Oh, absolutely. It is, I would say specifically, and this can be saved for another episode, Christian online dating is probably significantly more challenging, one, because people just don't want to hook up and, you know, do it. But <laughs> it's also a lot of girls who, I don't want to say whose standards are high, because that, that makes me sound bitter, but who are way more okay throwing someone out because of one little Hey, listen, this is what I compare it to. So uh, a year ago, Will's brother, John, got married and I had to find a mother of the groom dress. So I started out on the first day, I found a couple I liked, but there are so many dresses on the internet that I kept thinking, oh, maybe I'd like it in blue or maybe I'd like sleeves a little longer or maybe I'd like this. 
So I ended up probably looking at 400 dresses, you know, and the funny thing is the one I wore was the third dress I looked at. You know what I mean? And so to me, that's what online dating is like. It becomes, oh, maybe I could get this. Maybe I could get this. Maybe I could get this. And I think especially for women, they keep looking for this perfection. I would agree. And it's really more about by narrowing it down to those three essentials, you say to yourself, so there's, if I, if I'm only picking three, this guy or woman's going to have other things that aren't perfect. Um, You know, as Will, I'm sure knows his father is a wonderful person, wonderful Christian man. That's why I married him. He had terrible hair. He still had braces on when I met him because he paid for his own braces. His clothes were bad. He wore, it was the eight nineties. He still had members only jackets and the sleeves were three inches too short. All of that was fixable. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, and so, um, and I would say this, whether you are Christian or secular, if you're listening to this tape, I think one thing to really think about if you're looking for a serious relationship, I mean, obviously, I think the gold standard, the biblical standard is to wait to have sex until you're married and to have that be something that you share together with one person and you build together. Um, I'm certainly not naive enough to think that that always happens. Um, But I would say this, if you're actively dating and you're persistently having sex and it's not working out, I say to people, try to wait at least four months of dating someone before you have sex with them. And a lot of young ladies will say to me, but a guy won't date me for four months if I don't have sex with him. And I say to him, maybe you should wait for a guy who will, you know, that getting to know someone before you put that whole issue in there becomes very important because even science shows us that pheromones are released in our brain when we have sexual intercourse that bond us emotionally to someone else. And so, especially for women, that's true. So having that situation come into your relationship early actually changes how you think about the person. Um, So it's really good to see who they are before that um, issue comes into your relationship. Um, So it's just, it's another thing to think about when you're looking for a mate in the future. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I would agree with that. So, Will, has it made you uncomfortable talking about this with your mother? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm, I am very secure in myself and my abilities. That being said, if <laughs> anyone is interested, my number is 555-6705. Okay, he's kidding. Please don't call that number. <laughs> yeah. uh, 555 is the universal signal for a fake phone number. The <laughs> oh, code does not exist. <laughs> Um, So hopefully this was helpful today and just something to think about. And again, it's just a great way to define what's important in your life so that when you pick a mate, you find someone with similar values because that will affect marriage, finances, your mental health, your physical health, and the children that you raise. Um, So this is, um, we can laugh and have fun with it, but this is actually a super important topic. And um, again, I think it's just really interesting, you know, when we look at the biblical view of marriage, especially the um, kind of the balance, the, the cycle in Ephesians 5, you know, where we talk about, you know, that women are to be partners with their husband, to listen to them and to be, you know, the husbands are to be a leader. And then the responsibility is put on the husband that they'll support their wife and keep her, you know, keep you know, do anything to keep her from falling into sin. 
it's just an incredible cycle of what a relationship where two people have similar values, this beautiful thing that they can do together. And we know that in the beginning, middle and end of the Bible, there is a marriage. So there is the Garden of Eden. There is the wedding at Cana at the beginning of the New Testament. And there is the marriage of Christ and his church in Revelation. So for Christians, a lifelong relationship is something more than just, did I get what I want? It's actually a human reflection of God's relationship with the church. And so there's something really spectacular about that. It's something that creates something greater than itself. Um, so in the end, this kind of fun topic becomes something that really is world changing. And Definitely. so hopefully this is just an easy way to start putting, making your values clear and clear as you go out into the dating world. So, Will, I can't, I can't wait as you think about it for you to identify your top three for sure. Oh, yes. Hopefully we'll have those on next week's show. Because <laughs> I heard Christian hardworking and then we got to You got it. You get to give yourself number three. All right. Yeah, we'll definitely have to think about that one. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you all so much. Will's going to give us some give you some information of where to find us um, during the week and on the weekends. Yes. So uh, during the week or on the weekends, you can find us at 171 Cordello Parkway at 830 and 1030 on Sundays. For live services or in our live stream, the link to which will be in the description. We will also have uh, links to our podcasts, our social media, and our website. And while you're at our website, check out our reading of the book of Psalms, the gospel of John, and audio versions of our services. If you have any questions, email will at providencehhi at gmail.com, and we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>